Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of the Aviation Central Weekly Show. I'm Andrew, and along with my co-host, David, we are really excited that you're joining us today. We've got some big updates within the aviation community, uh, particularly with the uh, remote piloting drone side and the general aviation uh, side of that. So let's go ahead and jump straight into it. So first up, we have the FAA has now approved the first aerial delivery drone design. It's the M2 quadcopter, and it's still part of Part 107. It can carry up to four pounds of cargo. The FAA said that it's an important milestone and in the FAA's support for the development of innovative drone technology. And it also has a top speed of 45 miles per hour. Yeah, this is definitely an interesting update within the drone community. Um, this process here with the uh, delivery drones within the United States, at least, uh, the FAA started taking in some of the different uh, type ratings and uh, started the consideration process. There are about 10 different companies that got involved, uh, you know, uh, uh, like Matternet here with the M2. Uh, Amazon was also getting on top of it, UPS, a couple other ones, some medical industry uh, type people as well. Uh, but this is the first uh, type rating that's been approved now for uh, Part 107 uh, for any sort of the cargo side. So that will definitely increase the demand on drone pilots by a lot. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, need to see an uptick in uh, the drone pilots that we already have right now. Uh, obviously, a lot of different uses for uh, drone pilots these days between you know photogrammetry and inspection work, uh, real estate. All that. I mean, there are so many different areas within that industry uh you know the thermal mapping and all that kind of stuff uh so this is just going to be an, uh, an expansion upon that yeah and uh can you run us through the process of getting your part 107 real quick yeah so when when you're getting your part 107 it's relatively easy um to get the 107 itself you know there's just the the course that you'll take online uh like a prep course uh and then you'll go in and take the actual part 107 written exam itself it's a little bit easier if you're a private pilot already. Um, there's just an online course you take there. Confirm that you have your uh, your flight review day is what it, you say it is uh, with like a CFI, and then you're good to go on that end. So getting into Part 107 work, it's not that difficult. Uh, the main thing is uh, finding which drones are going to be best. So in this case, uh, you have the expansion here of the M2. Um, and so being able to get comfortable with that kind of stuff, uh, getting some of the experience so definitely definitely a lot of opportunities coming up within the part 107 community that's for sure yeah having drones delivery like packages it, that, that would be pretty cool because it can carry up to four pounds cargo i'd say the average package is about like two to three pounds per se i mean yeah if, if you just have like light packages or if you think about like medical equipment as well like if you can get this type of drone if you can get it further out there uh, and, and I'm interested to see with uh, the line of sight rules that Part 107 have. So you want to make sure that you or you have some sort of designated person there who is able to uh, watch and make sure that you know nothing's going on with the drone. You can still visually see it. I'm interested to see where that goes with that. Um, but I'm interested to see with the medical supplies. Uh, you get this into hard to reach areas. Um, 
So I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens uh, with that. Uh, so there's so many different opportunities with uh, with the drones. I mean, imagine DoorDash starts using this. <laughs> yeah, just walk outside and see a drone delivering packages. Yeah, or uh, <laughs> oh, someone gets in like McDonald's or something. They just... <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> yeah. I'm they'll really interested to see. They'll definitely have to hire some like spotters to like, keep watch of the drone. So like, yeah. the pilot can focus on where they're flying to. Right. And and another thing to consider, um, with the limitations are obviously going to be limitations with these types of drones. Uh, one of them as well here is uh, about 400 feet. I think it's four or 500 feet is their uh, max ceiling of whether they're allowed to fly. Um, so I'm, I'm intrigued to see that, which is still normal. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what, whether or not uh, they use this in like cities or if they're just going to use this in a, you know, tougher to reach areas like the country. Uh, I know Amazon's also trying to get on top of this as well. So, you know, you could potentially see some of those really fast deliveries starting to happen, uh, offload the the work that the drivers have to do, as well as the fact that it's clean energy. Yeah. And then back to what you were saying about medical, like they can just drop off some medical supplies, like if you need it. That's pretty cool. Right. I mean, and I think uh, I remember reading back this before. I don't remember... Uh, too much about this so i might be wrong uh, but i think other countries are also using this to be able to get uh, some of the pp or maybe some of the vaccines and stuff like that to areas that maybe were already uh, more more or less infected uh, with covid so you can also use that as good good form of social distancing uh, but luckily it seems like those days are uh, getting behind us more and more so yeah you can definitely reach a lot more places via drone instead of like trucks or cars Right, and it's it's a lot faster as well, um, as well as the fact that we can go ahead and get this, you know, like I was saying earlier, a lot more of the, the clean energy uh, policies that are starting to go into effect now. Uh, so this is hopefully going to be able to make uh, our, our cities and our areas just overall a little bit cleaner, uh, more efficient use as well. You don't have to worry, worry about, you know, like red lights and stuff. Yeah, definitely get uh, whatever you ordered a lot faster now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. We'll go ahead and keep uh, up to date with any. Uh, we'll go and keep you guys up to date on anything happening within that world. A lot of big updates. But uh, speaking of clean energy, uh, we have even more uh, and really, really interesting news coming out from the FAA uh, this past week. <laughs> FAA has now approved the use of uh, 100% uh, unleaded fuel now uh, within 100 octane fuel. Uh, so 100 octane low lead is the standard right now uh, for general aviation aircraft, which there are about 220,000 of them or so uh, that are out right now uh, within the United States. Uh, this is going to be a big shift. Um, so the unleaded side uh definitely a difference uh so you went from like 80 you know 85 uh you know octane 100 octane 100 octane low lead um now we're going to go unleaded uh the lead uh within the aircraft is actually used to prevent engine damage at higher power settings because of the uh com- you know internal combustion for the piston side of it anyways uh the faa doesn't have uh the direct regulatory responsibility for aviation fuel um, but it is providing the certification now uh, for the type of fuel. So I'm really interested to see, especially within the next decade, 
Uh, I don't know how much of you guys uh, of this you've heard, uh, but with the EPA uh, and the FAA, they developed a partnership back in February to try to transition piston engine aircraft um, as one of their uh, agendas to uh, lead-free aviation fuel by 2030. Yeah, I, so, th I think this could be a big help because, like, me personally, if I bought a plane, I wouldn't want my my engine to get destroyed. So I think that could definitely help. Right, and this is going to be an interesting one as well because uh, the lead right now, uh, it's actually there to help uh, keep the engine more stable. Uh, uh, the unleaded, it's I'm, I'm really interested to see some more of these details as they come out uh, because of the fact that the uh, there is a reason why lead was in the, the fuel before, uh, but clearly we've been able to get to a point, and the FAA, they're not the ones who make this, right? They're the approving authority for this. Um, so I'm really interested to see how this is going to work out. Clearly there've been tests on this and th there have been for a while, um, as well as the fact that there've been certain exemptions for, uh, experimental aircraft to use, uh, like, you know, basically gas from the pump before. So this isn't particularly new. The widespread side is. Yeah. So yeah, definitely really interesting to see what's going to happen, uh, within this particular side. I'm interested to see how this is going to affect the ad gas prices as well, as well as uh, what is being used right now uh, for being able to get this out to all the different airports across the country. So uh, this is going, this is definitely going to be a, a challenge, but this transition is happening uh, and uh, for better or for worse. And I, I, I think this will probably be able to work out, but, uh, and then this goes back as well to the uh, eliminate aviation gas lead emissions. So the Eagle program, like I was mentioning, uh, before. So that's kind of the program that this is under. Um, so this is obviously a big step uh, with the EPA, uh, as well as with the, uh, you know, the, uh, the FAA as well, as well as for, uh, you know, how other bigger organizations are treating this as well, uh, like AOPA. Uh, they seem to be pretty open to it so far, uh, but we'll definitely have to see where this continues in the future. For sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, but I mean, a uh, lot of big updates uh, coming up in the aviation community so far. Uh, yeah, really, really excited uh, about what's coming up. So thanks so much for joining us on the uh, first episode of the Aviation Central Weekly Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Have a fantastic week. Stay cool.